Hello, it's Mike McDavid, Interim Pastor of New Hope Baptist Church, here on November the 26th. Thanksgiving has come and gone, and um, I tell you that the year has really went fast. Before we start out, I wanted to give my condolences to the Waskowski family in our church. A very godly, faithful lady just passed away, went into heaven. Yesterday, Mary Waskowski, she uh, went home to be with the Lord. She's up there with my mom now. And we want to give our condolences to the family. But uh, it's a celebration, but we'll miss her. We will. So, if you would, let's turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, and we are going to start here in verse 11, Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. And it says, and a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him. His, or unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Let's pray. Dear Father, just thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, dear Lord, that you will do what I cannot do and show us in your word what you would have each of, for each of us today, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, here, of course, is the story of the prodigal son. And there's so many lessons within this. I've heard so many sermons about this. But it's, it's such a great chapter, isn't it? The part of a chapter, anyway. And here, in the very first part, we find a son that departs from his father's house. He leaves his dad's house. And he's, he, he wants his living. Now, I don't understand why his dad went ahead and along with it, but he did. He did. And when he gave him his living, then that would be it. He would get his part of inheritance. Of course, the older son got the majority of inheritance, but he received what was to be his. And he took it and left. And so, this is, of course, like I said, the story of the prodigal son. And not only did he leave, he didn't just leave his father's house. He left his father's morals, his way of life. He just wasted everything he had. He wasted it uh, on riotous living, it says. You know, there's plenty of people today that do that, don't they? They they take and they enjoy the world, they think. And of course I, I heard one preacher the other day basically in his mind, if if a Christian did that, he's not a Christian anymore. <laughs> not saved. He says, Well, he's not really saved. Well, the Bible does talk about carnal Christians and so forth. And and in fact this young man in a picture of that didn't lose his sonship, did he? In fact, the Bible states that you you can you know you you can lose 
your fellowship with the Lord, which this young man lost his fellowship with his dad. But you can never lose your sonship if you're really saved. And it is true that probably there are a lot of Christians out there that really never did get truly saved. You know, they relied on a, a, a statement that they made, a prayer that they spoke, and it didn't mean it in their heart of hearts. That's between him and the Lord. But this is talking about a true son, a son of this fellow, and was to receive, really, his inheritance when, the, when his dad died, of course. And I think that it's, it's like a lot of Christians, a picture of a Christian that, that leaves the Lord's kingdom, where the Lord rules and enters. When you do that, when you start acting like the world and you start... Um, becoming uh, a carnal Christian, and you, if you're really saved, you've still entered into the kingdom of Satan in the world. And so, in a sense, you've left your father's house. And that's something. And I think there are some of those today that do that also. And I think this particular portrait of, uh, of the prodigal son not only tells the story of this boy, but tells what he needs to do to make things right. And so let's you know just just as a um, keep your finger here, just as a, 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 a taken off track, just a hair, but talking about this particular subject. Look at Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-four. Keep your finger there and go to Matthew six, verse twenty-four. And we're going to. Let's see here. Okay, so verse 24 of 6, it says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You know, you can't live in the kingdom of God under his rule and his reign and live in the world's kingdom at the same time. People that are saved make that mistake. And if you're really saved, you're miserable because the Holy Spirit's in there telling you differently and the Lord will be punishing you, I believe, because he said if he didn't, you wouldn't be his, would he? Would you? Because he loves you. So, he left his dad's house. He left the whole area. He, he spent all his inheritance on riotous living. What do you do when you wake up at the bottom of the barrel, huh? What do you do? Give up? What do you do? Well, let's see what this young man did. He spent everything he had. We look at uh, verses 14 through 16. And it says, When he had spent all, there, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself, to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Sin always leads to pain starvation, spiritual starvation, maybe otherwise too. 
death, etc. His worldly so-called friends left too. They weren't there to feed him. The only thing he had left to do was what, especially a Jewish boy, would consider a, a terrible thing to feed pigs. And he was eating pig food. Money was gone. His so-called friends were gone. My dad tells me a story of a, I guess one of my great uncles on my, on uh, on his side of the family, <clears throat> that when he got paid, his friends would take him out and use all his money and really not in good ways. And and when they were done, they would drop him off at my grandma's house and he she would tend to him and uh, spend all his money. And when the, because when the money left, so did they. And that's what happened to this young man. I'm going to tell you something. When Satan's done with you, all the pleasure and the worldly things that you think you're going to get out of that won't be there. Won't be there. The reason, you know, well, it's the reason God doesn't want you to do that, of course, it's sin. You shouldn't do it. He hates that. And so should you. But also, it's bad for you. He loves you enough to warn you. Say, so don't do that. It's not only wrong, but it will hurt you. You'll be spiritually starving because you will have not read your Bible. You'll be morally um, corrupted because you have went with the world's morality. It will hurt you. I don't think we think of that sometimes when we get in the middle of things like that. Until we're right at the bottom. Sometimes you don't know that all you need is God until all you have is God sometimes. And this young man was in that situation. He was hungry. His area was, was uh, on a famine. He spent all his money. He's far away from home. Man, maybe some of you are there. You walked away from where you should be. You haven't read your Bible in a long time. You know you're saved, but man, are you out of touch with the Lord? Let me let me put some a little bit of hope in your heart. You're still saved if you really meant it. You came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. Ask Him in your heart and life as your Lord and Savior. Repented of your sins, but after salvation, for some reason or another, you went out of His kingdom and right into Satan's. Did this boy lose his sonship? No. But he did lose his fellowship. So what did he do? What did he do? Well, he shows a little bit of light on what you should do. Let's look in verse 17. And when he had came to himself, now there he is. He's at the bottom of the barrel. All at once the light hit him. <laughs> All that fun he thought was fun that really led to his destruction is hurting him now. 
And when they came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He was humble now. He left with his head up, cocky, going to do my own thing. He came back very humble. Oh, Dad was right. Did you ever do that? You look back at your life, oh, man, my dad or my grandpa, they were always, man, if I would, they were right, I should have listened. Been there? The Bible was right. Oh, I should have listened. You been there? Well, this boy came to himself. You come to yourself and you repent. What is repentance? Well, I've heard a few definitions. Once you change your mind, and guess what? He did change his mind. And the other one is you change your ways. You head towards the Lord. Ask him to forgive you. And he was going to do that. But also he put feet on his prayers. When you repent to the Lord, you turn from your sins to him. Did this boy do that? We see he changed his mind. Well, let's see if he changes direction. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion. And what did he do? Turned away? No. Not what it says. He actually ran and fell on his neck and kissed him, it says. you imagine that? His father was waiting for him and watching, scanning the fields for him. And ran to him. Didn't walk. Didn't send one of his servants to get him. Didn't turn him away. He ran to him. Why? Because he loved him. I believe this is a picture of God himself. He ran to him. Do you think God is waiting for you Christians out there that have, that have turned your back on the Lord? I'm talking to you that are really saved. Those of you that can live in this world and do these kind of things and leave the morality the Bible teaches and are happy in that and can do that with no feeling. You need a good dose of salvation. <clears throat> but you that are really saved know what I'm talking about. You're miserable because it's not who you are. And the Holy Spirit is just putting it to you. Maybe God's punishing you to bring you home. He said if he doesn't and you're living outside of his will, you're not his. But if you are saved, you're miserable. You've spiritually starved yourself. <clears throat> Maybe you don't even remember the last time you picked up that Bible or got into church. What do you do? 
first of all, you do what this young man did. And you start with God's help asking him for, for forgiveness, what you do. And repent of your sins. Turn away from your sins and to him. He said, if you draw near nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. That's what he said. Is he a liar? No, he's a, he's a God. He's God. And so, you turn to the Lord and you ask forgiveness. Will he accept that? You bet you he will. And I believe within this story and in this context, going out of his kingdom, when you return to it, you put yourself under his kingdom, under his rules, under his protection, under his roof. You know what I mean. You truly repent. And he is waiting for you. Just like this father ran to his son. God is waiting for you. So he ran to his son. He kissed him. Fell on him. And he says, And his son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said, to his servants, he just like ignored that, didn't he? Bring forth the robe, best robe, and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. He ignored that. Because he truly repented. I think that step is to get right with the Lord. You truly repent. You're sorry for what you've done. You're not just sorry, though. You ask God to forgive you, and you head towards him. He'll run to you. He'll throw his arms around you. Hey, he sent his son to die for you, my friend. It's like the lost sheep that it talks about in the previous verses where they go out and they find that lost sheep. The Lord is waiting. He loves you. So this man repented. His father, he did it even in action. He headed towards his dad's house, out of that far country, into his dad's kingdom. And his dad ran to him. Verse 23, and it says, And bring ye, the father is talking, and bring hither the fatted calf. Kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. And he was lost, and is found. And they began to marry. I tell you, your Heavenly Father is waiting on you. You only get one go around this old world till you go home to be with the Lord like Mary. What should you be doing? Living in your Father's kingdom is what you should be doing. Under His law, under His rules, under His protection, under His grace. Doing His will. Serving him. And you have a sense of belonging there. Now we don't have time to read it, but if you go further, and I would encourage you to read the rest, his other son that didn't gets upset because the dad accepts him and brings him back in. Now the rest of the inheritance goes to his other son. <laughs> that boy had his inheritance spent. 
but yet he's mad. Not doing that for me, Dad. There was one other preacher that said, hurrah for the other son. That's true. The other son that uh, didn't do wrong and served his dad and so forth. And that's true. But I'm going to tell you something. He should have been glad his brother was okay. When you see a fellow Christian get his heart right, don't turn him away. Don't avoid him. Don't ignore him. Don't say, well, he, was a, he did terrible things. If he really repents and gets right with God, and God takes him in, what are we not to? Who in the world would I not to take that man or woman in? Say, God bless him. God bless her. They're back home where they belong. It's a joyful thing. God loves it. And so shall we. Well, there's a pathway for those of you that need that. I tell you, it's a beautiful thing when a Christian gets right with the Lord, isn't it? Well, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, just thank for this day you've given us. And I thank you for this story in the Bible, Lord. A true pathway for those that have kind of veered off the path. And, a, and just a, a, a little peek in the window of how you would feel about that. And that he ran to that son waiting and I know those that are out there that are not right with you you're waiting thank you Lord for your grace we love you Lord and I ask these things in Jesus name I pray amen well my friends I hope I know this is one thing that preachers always preach on but you got to preach it once in a while it's such a wonderful thing I hope you enjoyed as much as I enjoyed going over it myself and I pray that uh, you will have a great day tomorrow in church. Please witness to some poor lost soul. And if there happens to be a fellow Christian that you know of that have veered off the path, why don't you put your arm around them and say, hey, my friend, you know it's time for you to get right. Can I help you? I'm there if you want to. And if they come back, don't look down on them. Rejoice. Right? Well, you guys have a great day tomorrow and great evening tonight. God bless you.